with me to James chapter 1, verse 22. James chapter 1, verse 22. One thing I've noticed is that young babies respond to mom. Uh, Have you ever seen a baby that was distressed, crying, uh, fussy? Mom walks into the room and they hand the baby to mom and all of a sudden, quiet. The baby's happy. What happened? Suddenly she's in the presence or he's in the presence of that mom that brings comfort when they're struggling. I want you to know that God's presence is what brings comfort and happiness in life. And the way that we enter God's presence is through understanding God's Word. Because God's Word helps us deal with sin that hinders the fellowship that we have between us and God. Um, And God's Word also teaches us how to walk in the Spirit-filled life. And so, uh, as we read God's Word, it shows us how to live and walk closely with God. That's how it brings happiness to our lives. Um, We need God's happiness. And and there's a happiness that is, it doesn't depend on human circumstance. It doesn't depend on how well things are going. Uh, There are times in my life where I have struggled with anger, I've struggled with anxiety, I've even struggled with depression for uh, brief seasons of time. And despite all of those things, since I've become a child of God, I've found that there is an underlying joy that is there as I draw near to God, despite the circumstance. And that's what he's talking about. And there's a happiness, completely different from... The time before I came to Christ, and I can remember there being an emptiness there, but since Christ has come, there's a difference. Now, there's different levels of enjoying His presence, and sometimes I think uh, when I experience the anxiety and I'm going through uh, anxiety, it's part of the reasons is because I've gotten my eyes off of Christ. Uh, When I go through depression, it's because I've forgotten that there's a God who can overcome the circumstances that I'm in. But it is His presence that brings that underlying joy in all of life, that happiness in all of life. The word that's used in this passage is the word makarios, the same word in the Beatitudes. Blessed is the man who who, uh, uh, hungers and thirsts after righteousness and all the other ones that, that are there. And uh, this, this scripture says, if you do this, blessed is the man who does this in what he does. Happy is another way to translate that. Happy is the man uh, who does this. And so this scripture that we're going to do is God's, you know, there's, if you go in the bookstore, you'll find all kinds of books on happiness. People got all kinds of theories about happiness. But God has a, not a theory, God has a truth about happiness. And how to walk in that. And that is found in his word. And so uh, we need to be in God's word. And and to say it in the way that God desires. And trust the Lord. And ask the Lord to work in our lives. As we read his word and study it. Um, 
The time of message is happiness in God's word. Um, look at verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but one who does good works, that person will be blessed in what he does. That word blessed, again, happy at what he does. Happiness in God's word. How do we have happiness in God's word? Well, first of all, we need to study it obediently. Obediently. Verse 22, be doers of the word. How is it that many Christians who sit in church on Sunday are miserable, cantankerous, ungodly, anything but the abundant life? How is it that that takes place? Well, one possibility uh, is that we don't approach God's word obediently. When we hear a message, we don't have a heart to obey. Or when we read a scripture in our personal quiet time, we do so, but we don't have a heart to obey. We don't make the decision to obey. Um, I heard Tony Evans talking about this scripture one time, and he was talking about the mirror and the fact that men and women approach mirrors differently. A man looks in a mirror in the morning, may comb his hair or whatever, goes and forgets about it the rest of the day. Not so with a woman. She'll look at the mirror in the bathroom. Then she'll go out in her car and she'll flip the mirror open in her car. Then she'll pull that handy compact mirror out and she'll look again. And so she, she may look several times. She doesn't forget about it. She's fussing over the way she looks. A man, a lot of times he Maybe he's even got messy hair when he looks in it the first time, and he forgets about it and doesn't care. Um, he says, look, don't be like a man looking in a mirror when you come to God's Word. Don't just see what you are, because that's what God's Word does, right? It reveals who we are. Don't just see who you are and then go and forget about it. Actually do something about it. Respond to it with obedience. How do you do that? Well, one way, and really the only way to do it, is through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Um, ask God to fill you with His Spirit and to live that life of obedience through you. Ask God to give you a willing heart. David, when he was praying in Psalm 51, he said, Lord, grant me a willing spirit to sustain me, a willing heart. Uh, great prayer to pray. As you come to God's word, say, Lord, speak to me. But not only, Lord, speak to me, but Lord, give me the grace, the empowerment by your spirit to do what you say. To do what you say. And then once you've asked for the spirit of God to empower you, then you make a choice. Notice the spirit comes first, then the choice. If you try to do the choice in your own strength, a lot of times you'll fail. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. But when you're filled with the Spirit of God, then you can make the choice that you need to make of obedience. And so, um, obedience to His Word, obedience to the Spirit's prompting, 
this attitude of God, I give you the blank check of my life. You write on it whatever you desire, and I choose to obey. Um, and then there's a day-by-day, moment-by-moment choice as we go throughout our day. Have you ever had this happen? In the morning, you just have a great time with God, but as the day goes along, you get increasingly in the flesh. Uh, that old nature starts to creep out, and you know, you're just... Uh, Maybe failing God, maybe you got a bad attitude or you're angry at somebody or whatever it is. Um, we make a choice at the beginning of our day, but we also make a choice throughout our day and day by day to obey God. Um, and it's not just obedience in some things. Um, sometimes there's a fine distinction. Uh, somebody once told me a joke. Uh, about a rolling stop and uh, this man had slowed down and just kind of gone slowly through the stop sign and uh, the police officer sees him run the stop sign so he so he pulls him over and and they're having this discussion and, and the man says uh, I didn't run that stop sign I stopped he said no you you didn't stop you slowed down he said well you shouldn't give me a ticket I, I stopped I slowed down I, you should hey I, I did it. You shouldn't give me a ticket. And, and uh, I stopped. And so finally the police officer got tired of arguing with him and the difference between slowing down and stopping. So he pulls him out of the car and he begins to beat the living daylights out of him. And he says, do you want me to slow down or do you want me to stop? Um, sometimes there's a fine difference. You know, and we think, well, okay, I can obey God in some things, but I'm not going to obey him in these other areas. Obedience is an all-or-nothing proposition. Um, if you're disobedient to God in one thing, the Bible says you're guilty of all of it. Um, just one sin. It doesn't matter. Uh, sometimes we think in terms of the big sins. Well, okay, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not uh, committing adultery. I haven't murdered anybody. Um, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not causing a great deal of trouble in my church. So I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm fine with God. And we don't deal with those underlying sins and areas in our lives. But if we don't deal with those things, what we'll find is the Spirit's quenched by little sins just like He's quenched by big sins. And many people miss the abundant life because they're unwilling to deal with the little things in their life. Um, it's great to have a sensitive conscience. Um, Martin Luther actually made a dis discovery of justification by faith because he had such a sensitive conscience he would come and he you know he was a catholic so he would come and he would confess to the priest about all these little things in his life and he was just overwhelmed by a sense of his own sin now that can be you can be negative in this one sense you're listening to the devil and you can be become discouraged uh, but but there is something to be said for having a sensitive conscience before god and confessing the things that come up in your life immediately. Keep those sins confessed. And then ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit and live through you. Uh, sometimes uh, a wrong attitude or wrong speech. The Bible says that every word that comes out of the mouth of a person, he'll give an account to God. And so God uh, considers what we say. He considers our attitudes. Um, what about this? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and your neighbor as yourself. 
A lot of times I'll recognize I don't have a loving heart toward my neighbor, but even more, sometimes I don't have a loving heart toward God. So confess that. Don't allow those situations to continue on in your life and, uh, and ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit and then choose to obey. If you do that, what you're going to find is God's Word will not just be an exercise, coming to listen or coming to God's Word in your quiet time. It will actually change your life. And you'll find you're growing and you'll find you're, you're drawing near to the Lord in a way that you haven't um, uh, since the time that you chose to obey Him. So um, happiness in God's Word. How does it happen, first of all? You need to study it obediently. Secondly, study it repeatedly. Repeatedly. Look at verse 25. The one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it. Perseveres in it. could also be translated continues in it. Repeatedly. You're coming against. In other words, be more like the woman looking in the mirror, right? Again and again and again. Um, Deuteronomy tells parents, talk about the word of God when, you're, when you sit down, when you rise, when you're going along the way. Uh, teach your kids these things. Repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. And, and what happened? I, I remember having these discussions, with my, especially with my mom, because she, she was better at repeating stuff than my dad was. And, uh, I, Mom, I know this. You've told me this hundreds of times. She said, yeah, and you'll remember it. <laughs> and uh, and, and truth, truth be told, I did. Uh, because of the power of repetition. Some of you probably just thought of something your mom or dad said to you over and over and over again. And you remembered it. So as you spend time in God's word, regularly be in God's word. Persevere in it. When you persevere in something, you're doing it whether you feel like it or not. We used to have two-a-days for football. And when you go out in August heat and you run and run and run, I'll tell you something, it's not too pleasant. Sometimes we'd had guys going to the side and vomiting and uh, cramping up and, and rolling around in pain. and uh, It wasn't a pretty situation. It wasn't something that you would choose to do. Most guys would endure the two-a-days so that you could get to the season and actually play ball. But you persevere through it. Um, sometimes you will feel like reading the Bible. Sometimes you won't. You need to do it anyway. Persevere in it. Make it a discipline in your life. Now, it doesn't need to be miserable. Ask God to change your heart. Um, Lord, you know, Lord, I, my heart's not in this. I don't feel like it, but God, would you help me? Give me grace to read your word attentively and, and to, be, uh, to benefit from it. Speak to my heart and help me with this, this whole devotional enterprise this morning because I'm struggling with it. Or help me, God, I don't feel like going to church today. Um, but, but uh, God, give me a, a, a good heart and, a, and help me prepare spiritually uh, for my time in church to hear from you. And so, but you do it either way. You know what I found? Sometimes the times I feel the least 
like reading God's word is when I need it the most. And I find that as I read through maybe one chapter, two chapters, somewhere in the third chapter, God begins to deal with me. And I leave the time different than I came, and God has restored me. I love that scripture in Psalm 23, he restores my soul. Aren't you glad that God is in the business of restoring us? And one way he does that is through his word. So do it, persevere in it. Um, and, and, and the awesome thing about persevering in God's word is that it's one of those things, it, it's like you cannot ultimately get to the bottom of God's word. You can understand the basic message of God's word as you look to it, but there's always another level. And what I've found is over and over again, I, I've preached through the New Testament probably three times. Um, but what I find is I still come to the New Testament and I'll come to a passage of scripture and see something I've never seen before. Why? Because the word of God is like no other book. It's, it's living. It's God breathed. And the Holy Spirit of God will show things to you as you come to God's word. Uh, and you persevere in it. You'll grow to another level. And it's assuming that you're also doing the obediently. If you're not doing the obediently thing, you're not going to grow deeper. Uh, you're going to stay in the same rut or go backwards. Um, so, um, persevere regularly in God's Word. Uh, repeatedly be in God's Word. Psalm 1 says this. The law of the, the, in the law of the Lord, he meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he does shall prosper. You want to have a strong Christian life, persevere in the word of God. The psalmist did morning and evening. Uh, Daniel did it three times a day. I tell you what, talk about persevering. Three times a day, praying to the Lord. Three times a day, spending time. Listen, I believe Daniel had a great blessing from the Lord as God ministered to him through his word, he was persevering in that personal time with God. So, happiness in God's word, how does it come about? First of all, we need to study it obediently. Secondly, study it repeatedly. Thirdly, study it intently. Intently. Look at verse 25. But the one who looks intently. When I was a little boy, my dad used to read the newspaper, and he would have that newspaper spread out like this, and, and he'd be reading the newspaper, and I'd come up and say something to him, and he'd go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then 15, 20 minutes later, we'd be doing something else, and I'd say, uh, uh, you remember when I said this? No. When did you say that? He didn't hear what I said. Why? He was intent on what he was reading. Maybe some of you uh, have seen somebody working on a technical uh, problem, trying to fix something, maybe a fix a car or fix a, a stereo or something, and they're working and their, their mind is engaged in trying to figure out what's wrong with this, and you're talking to them and they don't, they don't respond. Why? They're intently 
focus on what they're doing. The same, thing, the same idea is here, intently looking. It's the idea of stooping over and uh, taking a careful look and focusing on what is there. Um, when you read God's Word, there are different ways to read it and there are different ways of benefiting from it. Uh, sometimes, I think it's great to read large portions of Scripture at once. And, and you begin to get the big picture of things and and you can pay attention to what God's doing. But sometimes you need to stop, especially if you don't understand what's going on, and say, okay, why is this here? What is God trying to say? How does this apply to my life? And you may not, you may not get to the bottom of it, but you, you say, Lord, will you show me, will you give me understanding into this and help me see how I'm to live this out in my life and spend some time mulling it over, thinking about, what it means um my kids are both in math uh right now in in college and they both surpassed my skills when they were in the eighth grade but i couldn't help them after that uh, but one thing i remember when i was a math student is trying to figure out word problems i just could not stand word problems for some reason they drove me crazy and uh I would, I would think about it, you know, I, okay, okay, I think I understand what's going on here, so I'm going to do it this way. And invariably, I didn't, I didn't do it the right way. And, but, but I would think about it. And so finally, I got to where I could do some of them, and then others of them, I, hey, I just, you know, just <laughs> write it up to uh, experience or something. But, um, but I had to think about them. I had to mull them over to try to figure out what's right. Here's the good thing about reading God's Word. You don't do it alone. When I was doing those Word problems, probably I should have been praying. <laughs> but, but I wasn't. And I was just trying to do it. Uh, but when you come to God's Word, you have the Holy Spirit. He is the one who reveals God's truth to us. And you can ask Him, Lord, I'm just not getting this. Will you help me understand it? Uh, you can break it up into parts. By the way, this is a good way to memorize. Go over that phrase a few times. When you got that, go to the next phrase. But also begin to think, okay, what does this phrase mean in relation to the rest of the verse? And you begin to think about these things and mull it over in your head, and you ask the Holy Spirit to give you understanding, and sometimes you'll find a great truth. Um, one of my friends in Texas called it digging for nuggets. He said, there are nuggets. I'm trying to find the good gold nuggets that are there in God's Word. And, and so he would, he would mull over the Word of God. Um, uh, Eugene Peterson talked about uh, uh, contemplating uh, the Word of God in your study. And he, he, in a book he had uh, about for preachers in preparing messages. But it's not just for preachers. David says meditating on God's Word day and night makes a profound difference in a spiritual life. So uh, don't be afraid to stop. Kind of like when you're crossing the street, stop, look, and listen. <laughs> Uh, when you get to those verses, look at them intently. Uh, sometimes I've prayed about something. And I said, Lord, I just I can't make head or tail of this. It, would you help me understand it? And maybe it didn't happen then. But two weeks later, three weeks later, two months later sometimes, the light bulb would come on. And sometimes it would be a step-by-step -step process. I'd hear, listen to this truth and, oh, okay. 
Well, that helps me, I think, understand it a little better. Okay, now I got this truth over here. Okay, God's put all this together. And so, um, but, but don't, why should you, why should you, um, why should you look at God's word intently? You pay attention to what's important, right? How many of you have ever gotten a love letter? Anybody? Y'all aren't going to raise your hand. You're afraid I'm going to make you read it. Okay. <laughs> when you got that love letter, how did you read that love letter? I bet you paid attention to it, didn't you? You, you probably looked at it intently. Maybe you read it two or three times. Maybe you focused on this phrase right here. Oh, what did he say? Or what did she say? And oh, how did he sign it? How did she sign it? Right? And uh, you're focusing. Why? Because it's important to you. I want to tell you something. There's nothing more important in this world than God's word. Uh, what did Jesus say? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Ask God to give you a love for his word. What did Jesus say? Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Why? For they will be filled. You see, when you hunger and thirst after righteousness, and you hunger and thirst for a closer relationship with God, and you come to God's word, and you've got this hunger, and you've got this thirst, you're going to look at it intently. And then when God turns the light on for you, it's going to be a blessing to your heart. Or it may be a conviction or a correction, but it will be a blessing. So, happiness in God's word. How do you have that? Study obediently, repeatedly, intently, and finally expectantly. Expectantly. Look at verse 25. Uh, the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom. What is the perfect law of freedom? What's that mean? The perfect law that brings freedom. Something's going to happen. I just quoted what Jesus said. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Something happens when you come to the word of God. God begins a transforming process when you come with an attitude of obedience, and you come with this, the right heart to God's word, he begins a process of transformation in you. And ultimately, the end of that is freedom. And here's, here's the ironic thing. The world tells us being a Christian will rob you of all your fun. What God tells us is when you learn how to live in obedience to me, you're going to find out what life's all about. And you're going to find what true freedom is about. Everybody serves something. You either serve your old nature and you serve sin and that leads to death. Or you serve Jesus. And if the Son will set you free, you shall be free indeed. And you begin to find that living that life of obedience is the place where joy is. It's the place where God's presence is. It's the place where comfort is. It's the place where what... Peter called joy unspeakable and full of glory. What Paul called peace that passes understanding, that's where it's found. And so you come to God's word with this expectancy that God is going to do something in your heart. 
when you come to God's Word. Hebrews says it this way, the Word of God is living and active. It works. It moves in your heart and life. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It cuts through all the baloney and the self-defenses that we put up and the rationalizations of our life. It cuts through it all and gets down to the heart of the issue. God's Word works in us to bring about a change. What did Paul tell Timothy? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's not just for pastors. That's for every child of God. Everything you need to live a Christian life is found in the pages of this book. It's not just a book. It is inspired by God. It is God-breathed. And because it is, when you come to it, don't come to it thinking, oh, I'm here doing my devotions again, you know. Uh, what am I going to get out of it? Come expectantly. Lord, what do you have to say to me today? God, what do I need to change? God, how can I grow closer to you? And as you come to God's word, say, God, speak to my heart. God, change me. Uh, God, I want to realize your purposes in my life. And so I'm coming in faith, believing that as I spend this time in your word, you're going to begin to do a work of change in me. And the result is going to be freedom. But one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom. We're not under the law, we're under grace. But there is a new law called the law of love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and your neighbor as yourself. The morality of God does not change. But the motivation of keeping the law does. My motivation is because God has shown me grace in Jesus Christ. I want to love him and honor him with my life. And I want to love others. And so I look in the pages of the New Testament. And uh, the Old Testament is fulfilled in the New Testament. And the greater of the fulfillment is found in the New Testament. And so I find what God is saying to me in his word, and I'm looking intently into it, and it helps me understand the Old Testament. And, and all of God's word um, can then be a perfect law that brings freedom. The law apart from Christ brings bondage and defeat. But... When the Spirit of God comes in a person's life and you are filled and you're walking in the Spirit of God, you can find perfect uh, victory, seasons of victory in your life through the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, motivated by your love for God. Uh, so come to God's Word expectantly. Uh, Moses told the people of Israel, these are not light words for you. These are your life. It's said in the New Testament as well. I want to tell you something. Nothing more important than God's word and nothing that can change people and change situations and change churches and change families like God's word. Come to it with expectancy. Happiness in God's word. How do you have it? Come obediently, repeatedly, 
intently and expectantly. And God will do his work in your life. And as he does his work in your life, guess what you're going to find? You're happier in your spirit than ever before. The most miserable time of my life was living in rebellion against God. The most blessed times of my life have been those times where I've been listening closely and obedient. And I want to get there. I'm not all the way there. I need help. I need God's grace, and we all do. None of us arrives until Jesus comes. But, but praise God, we can make progress. And one of the ways we do is through his word. Uh, living in God's happiness begins with obedience uh, and is sustained by God's word. Let's pray. Father, thank you uh, for giving us your word. Thank you for the fact, Lord, that you sent your